Welcome to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. I'm Molly, a former skeptic turned full-time energy healer and teacher. And I'm Madison, a born and raised witch running my family's crystal shop. And we're here to explore all things woo through the lens of both science and spirituality so that you can find the moments of magic in your everyday life and create an intentional spiritual practice. So if that's what you're into, find a cozy spot, take a deep breath, and let's demystify some magic. Hello, my friends. Hello, hello. Why did I do that voice? <laughs> I thought it was perfect. I thought it was great. <laughs> We're going with it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Demystify Magic. Today, we are uh, taking it back to the basics. We are going to talk about what is magic. And Madison and I have come up with a definition that we think encompasses our practice. We're going to really talk through like why you should explore magic why you should practice magic. Also cliffhanger. Magic is probably not what you're thinking or have seen in TV and movies, at least not our definition of it. But first, Madison, do you want to share your magic moment of the week? Yes, I have been holding on to this one for like a month now because I didn't want to share it and then have to listen to it later and be like, oh, that was that made me sad. So I have an excellent, excellent example of manifestation that is now advice that I will give to absolutely anyone. And I got it from my mom. So I'm going to give credit to her because I guess 13 years ago now she used this manifestation method and now used it to meet my stepdad. So I've mentioned briefly, I went through a breakup about a year ago. And when I was ready to start dating again, my mom gave me this manifestation method and it is a list of a hundred things. You make a list of a hundred qualities that you want to have in a partner and you make the decision that you will only continue to see people if they meet 90 of those things, which sounds really spooky. And I was kind of like, this is something that only happens to you, mom. You are the only person who has this much power. Because <laughs> if you've heard me talk about my mom, that woman can manifest like a mother. It's terrifying in the best way. Terrifying in the best way is the only way to describe her. <laughs> and tell me, about a month ago, I decided, okay, I'm going to make my list of 100 things. I made it. And then the next day I met someone. I've been on five dates and they meet 95 things. Woo! We love to see it. So that's my magic moment. Master manifester. I get it from my mother. I love that. Okay. What's yours? Um, okay. Mine is like a, it's funny because when, when it was happening, I did not think it was going to be a magic moment. But now that I've come full circle and recognized the lesson in it, I'm like, oh, it's so cute how the universe likes to give me information about what I need. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. It's so cute. So I, for the last two years, I've been driving a car that every time I drive it, I am subconsciously afraid it's going to explode. It had some like major recurring issues that I just kept putting off trying to fix because I don't know, I have like a sixth sense when it comes to cars and I was just like, it's not worth fixing. It's not going to be in my life for that much longer. Anyways, I decided Friday to finally trade it in, upgrade my car to a new used car new to me car. And I was, I just remember driving off the lot in this new car and feeling so much lighter, like all of the anxiety lifted from me. I just felt like, oh man, I felt like I could breathe for the first time while driving. And then I'm laying in bed that night and my eyes snap open. I realize I forgot a CD in my CD player of my used car. (laughs) 
Now, I want to preface this by saying my new card does not have a CD player. I do not have a way to play CDs in my life right now, but I could not stop thinking about this CD. (laughs) And I was like, why am I obsessing over this? Why am I so like freaked out by the fact that I no longer have this CD? Because the album itself is out of print. It's like a really small band that I haven't listened to in years. I listen to it like once or twice a year for the nostalgia, but they're on Spotify. So like could listen to them anytime. And what I realized was I wanted this CD because I had this fear that like one day the album would be deleted from Spotify and Spotify would no longer exist and the album would be like decimated from the internet and I would never be able to listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) And my brain was like, if I have the CD, I have a backup just in case. Perfectly rational. So rational. (laughs) It's it's weird that it took 30 years to get diagnosed with OCD. (laughs) Um, And what I realized was I wanted this CD as like a just in case, like just in case everything blows up. And that has been a theme in my life that I've been trying to reprogram for the last six months or so. And so I made the conscious choice to leave the CD behind, to not go back for it, and just trust that whoever buys my rickety old Ford Focus gets introduced to this really cool underground band. And I felt, again, like so much lighter after (laughs) because I recognized that like that programming is a little bit more in my control than I thought it was. And so I'm still working through it, but that felt like a big step for me to like recognize it and consciously release it. I love that. I love when something that on the outside can be perceived as like loss is actually very empowering. Mm. Making the decision to leave something behind that is literally no longer serving you. Like you physically cannot use this object Also, your automotive psychic abilities, (laughs) there's something about it where that is so, there are so many things about you that are so interesting to me. The car thing, that's like top of the list. (laughs) Yeah, I literally, I think I texted you Thursday and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to need, I'm going to have a new car in the next 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And you were like, that's so cute. And then I was like, so my car's at the dealership and I need like a lot of work. <laughs> it was three hours later, I think, that you sent me a picture of your car. Like it was in the morning that you yeah. had said that you were having the feeling that it was time. And by the afternoon, you were sending me photos of you in front of your new car. And I was like, of course she is. Yeah. And it was one of those where it's like for the last two years, I've been like, considering it but I haven't had the feeling and every time I consider it without the feeling I go to look for cars and there's nothing Mm -hmm. and this time I had the feeling I considered it and the dealership happened to have like three of the car that I wanted so I was like oh I get to pick up the litter perfect I love that (laughs) that is so fun to me okay (laughs) all right amazing Madison do you want to tell us what is magic? What is the definition that we came to? Yes. So we took some time last week, really sat down, laid it all out. And this is the, I was going to call it a run on sentence because I thought it was, but it is not. It is three sentences. Our nice little (laughs) succinct definition of magic. Magic is the practice of using your intuition and energy to create agency in your life, allowing you to tap into the truest form of yourself and manifest a life you enjoy living. It can take many forms from traditional spells to more mundane practices and relies on your own abilities rather than external sources. Through magic, you can develop self-trust, support your physical and emotional health, and take control of your life's path. I love that. 
Yeah. I think that creating agency is the point that always sticks out to me because I think before I really started to lean into my spiritual practice, before I was even like in the same room as magic, I felt like life was happening to me. Yes. And I felt like I was like the circumstances of my life felt out of my control. It was like my health was shit. Oh, well, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Mm-hmm. I didn't like my job. Oh, well, nobody likes their job, you know, like. Yes. <laughs> I remember I got fleas in my apartment and I was like, well, that's Portland for you. <laughs> and everyone I know in Portland was like, we've never had that's, fleas. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> categorically not Portland for you. <laughs> And I feel like since I've really honed my spiritual practice and leaned into this this world of magic by this definition, I feel like now it's like when things are happening to me, like the CD player, it's like I could have ruminated on that CD. I could have, you know, gone back for it. I could have like, you know, felt like, oh, what if what if I never hear that CD again? I could have been stuck in that hole of like worrying about it or I could step back and see the lesson in it and feel like I have control over the choice that I make like mm-hmm. that's a small that's a small example but I feel like the small examples lead to the bigger ones yeah I feel like if I had to choose one direct synonym in my life for magic it would be choice yeah mm-hmm. it for me is entirely about the decisions that I make and the permission that I have given myself to make those choices yeah And I think that does lead into that idea of it brings you home to your truest form. Mm -hmm. It takes you, I don't want to say backward, but like that's the word that comes up. Magic for me is also deconditioning. Yeah. Yeah. It's like rewiring and reprogramming. We have in the yoga tradition, the idea of like your true self, your true nature, which is like beneath everything so it's like kind of the core of your being it lives in the heart space sometimes it's called atman and it's clouded by these like stresses and beliefs and biases and i think magic is like coming home to that there's mm-hmm. actually there's this really good there's this really good story that i'm going to butcher but i'm going to give you the gist here please do that just popped popped into my brain so there was a clay buddha statue i can't remember where but the monks were basically planning to move this statue from one place to another and there was a crack in it and they decided to like leave it and let it settle so they didn't make the crack worse well one night one of the monks goes out and shines a light into the crack and he sees the light reflected back and the monks start to peel the clay away from this statue and they find that the buddha is made of pure gold and the buddha was covered in clay to protect it from being stolen at one point when the land was basically like under attack. And I think this is such a good like metaphor for us. Our true nature Mm -hmm. is like this gold and shining and like brilliant and like completely like, you know, worth everything. Um, What's the opposite of worthless? Priceless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this priceless, precious, gold, shining part of us. And I think so much of the time we can forget that that is who we are because we have life and stress and everything that gets in the way. That's that clay covering up the statue. And I think magic brings us home to that inherent pricelessness that is our true self. Yes, it does. I think that is the perfect way to describe how I felt when I first started to really accept magic as a core part of my life is pieces of clay 
like chipping mm-hmm. off of me. Yeah. And that clay was rules that I either adopted from like the quote unquote society. I, I struggle with like society, but <laughs> rules that I had adopted and found from other people. We've talked about how I wasn't really raised with religion, but I know for a lot of people, religion, organized religion is a huge part of that clay. Mm-hmm. That covers us in our truest nature, in our truest forms, is rules that we've picked up from religious practices that don't align. Yeah. Rules that we've picked up from our parents, rules that we picked up from our friends, rules that we were born with maybe even from like past lives and past traumas. Mm -hmm. Things that I didn't even have a name for before I adopted this kind of lifestyle and this spiritual practice. Yeah. I think for me, it showed up as like a cynicism towards Mm -hmm. life yes you know which is categorically a symptom of burnout and compassion fatigue which I was very deep in Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it showed up as just like this cynical idea of life this like you know work always sucks or like yeah like rent is always going to be too high or like you know like just this belief that what I wanted for my life wasn't possible. Mm -hmm. And if it was, it was like, I better get hit by lightning in order to get it, you know? Yes. Yeah. This only happens to certain people and I am not one of those people. Exactly. Right. Like I am a clay Buddha that is set aside for people who are golden Buddhas. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's like, I used to sort of shy away from magic because I thought it was like woo woo and like spells and witchcraft and stuff, which I still kind of like, I don't know if I fully own the word of like spell casting or witchcraft or anything like that. I don't really like, that's not the label that I put on myself, Mm -hmm. but I think magic, it's like, it doesn't have to be any particular tool or any particular practice as long as it helps you connect with your intuition and your energy to create that sense of agency and to come home to you. And it really is intuition led in Mm -hmm. my experience. Yeah, a hundred percent. You asked me a question when we were talking through this that I have sat on and thought on a lot. So now I'm going to ask it to you because I didn't get to get your side of it. Great. I don't remember what it is at all. (laughs) As we were going through and making this definition we found a lot of comparisons to how we perceive magic and the benefits of traditional therapy. Mm. Where do you feel like those two things diverge? I think therapy is great and fantastic and it can only go so far. Yes, disclaimer, we are huge therapy girlies. Big therapy fan, big therapy fan. Not, Not a fan of saying that magic is a, you know... A substitute for yes. therapy. Not, 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 not what we do here. We are not choosing between two paths. We are walking. We, we've got one foot on each. <laughs> one fit and each. Yeah. I think magical practices are a complement to therapy because therapy oftentimes, I mean, it depends what type of therapy you do, but a lot of times it's focused on the cognitive mind. And I think a lot of magical practices are focused more in the body, in the intuition, in the subconscious, Mm -hmm. mind in the energetic layers, which are not always addressed in therapy. A lot of times like our cognitive mind, our thoughts, our feelings are a reflection of what's happening below the surface in that more energetic, subconscious, intuitive state of who we are. So I think they go hand in hand. I think for some people, therapy is more difficult 
on its own mm-hmm. because of that just like cognitive kind of like processing can feel like a lot. I also think that a good therapist is going to teach you basically how to graduate therapy, how to not rely on them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a good magical or spiritual practice is. It's like teaching you how to not rely on things outside of you. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think where it really is for me is what I found in therapy is that it was entire like it's it's a science psychology it's purely science based and a lot of the time my intuition backed up the science mm. with my spiritual practice it's entirely intuition based entirely intuition led and a lot of the time science and psychology backs that up yeah so it's yeah. more so for me who's in the driver's seat and who's in the mm-hmm. passenger seat they're both very involved in both processes yeah it's just who gets to drive the car. Yeah. And I think when it comes down to it, I mean, therapy and like my definition of magical practices, there is one goal and one goal that determines whether or not you reach any of your other goals. And that is, does your practice teach your brain that you are not actively being chased by a tiger? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it always comes back to the tiger. That's what it comes down to because when you when your brain thinks you're being chased by a tiger, you can't access your intuition. You can't manifest the life that you enjoy living. You can't change your circumstances. You fall into that cynicism. Mm-hmm. And I think like therapy is one way of reassuring your brain that there's not a tiger and like magic is another avenue for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you use them together, mm-hmm. that is when I, in my personal life, am like at peak form. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that a lot of people get wrong about magic and maybe folks listening at home are thinking this is that it requires tools or things or energies or entities outside of you in order to work. What would you say to that? I would say it goes back to the agency part of things really. Like if you picture in your mind what you think it requires to cast a spell, right? You're going to think candles, oils, herbs. A cauldron and a cat. A cauldron and a cat and a little pointy hat. Now pick one random thing. Okay, imagine out of the herbs, pick up the rosemary. That object in itself does not have magic purely by existing, Mm. right? If you made rosemary chicken before you ever knew that rosemary was a great herb for protection and cleansing, that chicken did not protect and cleanse you. Mm -hmm. And so if the most important ingredient in that is you. Yeah, your intention. Your intention, your energy, what you gave that rosemary, then you can give that energy to absolutely anything. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a common misconception that your power in your practice comes from what you have. I've fallen victim to this mentality Mm -hmm. where I get really caught up in how my practice looks and the aesthetics of it and finding just the right cauldron that's perfect Mm -hmm. and cute and pretty. That changes absolutely nothing. Yeah. If you did every single ritual in a cast iron skillet, (laughs) you would be probably better off 
You would 100% be better off than if you hadn't done it at all, first of all. Mm -hmm. You are always going to be better off than the person who, the version of you that was still looking for that perfect cauldron to put it in. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be more important how the practice feels than how the practice looks. And I think there's so much power in people who build a practice with only their own brains. Yeah. That to me is real power to not need, because for me, a lot of the herbs and the candles, they're physical representations. It's very easy to attach intention to that. Mm-hmm. To me, those tools are what makes it easier. Yeah. I think of it like if you're trying to sail a boat or a ship, right? And say you have the choice between Island A and Island B. Right. And say Island A is like the direction you're going in your life right now. You may or may not be happy with it. And Island B is where you want to go. A lot of times people think like, oh, I have to rely on the wind to direct me in the new direction. And like if the wind is going towards Island A, that's where I'm headed. Mm -hmm. But you can control the sail. Yes. And when you shift the sail, now all of a sudden it doesn't matter what the wind is doing. Mm -hmm. You're starting to turn one degree at a time towards island B. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I tend to view my practice is like, you know, I tend to work with more like Reiki and crystals and things like that, where it's like, you know, one of the things that I teach in my Reiki training is that when you go see a Reiki practitioner, they are not healing you. Mm -hmm. You on a cellular level are accepting the energy which comes from a universal source and that is what creates the healing response in your body. Mm -hmm. You have autonomy even when you're going to see a practitioner. You have the autonomy on an energetic level to say yes I accept this or no I don't. Mm -hmm. And I think like magical practices whether they be crystals or spells or meditation or reiki or movement that's mindful it's like coming home to that autonomy. Mm -hmm. and making choices on which direction you want to go moment by moment, which eventually steers your ship towards island B. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you use, listen, I don't know a lot about boats, so. (laughs) Me neither. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) There's someone listening that's like a sailor and is like, that's not how it works at all. Yep. (laughs) But it doesn't matter what you use to shift the sails, right? If you use just like your hands on the rope Mm -hmm. or... If you use something else, a machine that shifts sails. Yeah. Sailor, please slide into my DMs and let me know. A Rube Goldberg pulley machine. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like the end result is the same. Right. And so that is at least how I personally use or view tools. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy them. And sometimes it's like fun to look at a spell or a ritual and be like, this is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Same with crystals. Yeah. Like that's fun for your brain to look at. Yeah. And fun to see and makes me feel good and Mm -hmm. makes it like an enjoyable process. But I think the reliance on those tools is what most people get wrong. Or I see a lot of people come into the store thinking that they need to buy all of the things and then Mm -hmm. they can start their magical practice. Yeah. And so we do a lot of unlearning in that space of why is it that you think you need these tools? What do you think these tools, what do you think these 50 herbs that you have in your, in your basket right now, what do you think having them will change? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we can get stuck in this, like, especially when we're newer in like a spiritual practice or newer to magic, it's like getting stuck in the learning phase and like sort of procrastinating the implementation phase. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I have to take all the classes. I have to buy all the herbs. I need all the crystals. And then I need to go through a hundred hours of training just so I can use this one crystal so that I can get unstuck from my life or whatever. (laughs) Just so I can start. Yeah. Yeah. And really what I have found, and as someone who, you know, you sell magical items, Mm -hmm. I train people how to use magic. Uh Uh-huh. It's like coming from us, we're both telling you, you don't need anything else to get started. So if you are listening and you were like, oh, I need to buy more things or I need to learn more things, like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. I will tell you the moment that my spiritual practice really started to transform my life was when I stopped looking outside of myself. I closed the crystal books. I stopped trying to remember what all of them did for me. And I just reached for the one that called to me and sat and sat with the energy of it. And noticed how that unfolded in my day mm-hmm. without any external validation, without any external knowledge coming through. It was just a matter of like using it as a tool to be with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this because I wish someone had said this to me. So if you are listening and you need this, here you go. No one is sitting watching you. No one is going to pop out of the shadows when you are home by yourself doing magic to tell you that you're doing it wrong. There is absolutely no downside to just fucking trying something. Yeah. Even if you believe in deities or are working with a spirit team, I this is a real anxiety that I had when I first understood the idea of a spirit team. I was like, oh, these people are all watching me do this. <laughs> what if I do it wrong and they all see me? And this is how you know that I have imposter syndrome (laughs) and I'm a bit of a perfectionist (laughs) is that people and energies and spirits that I could not even see, I was worried about what judgments they were casting on me. They're not casting judgments on you. They love you. That is why they are your spirit team. Yeah. No one is going to, no apparition is going to pop up and tell you that you're doing it wrong. You are the only person who gets to decide if you're doing it wrong. So just fucking do it. Yeah. And I think like when it comes to magic, it could be, you know, quote unquote typical magic like spells and shit but sometimes it's more mundane right mm-hmm. that's why we give our magical moments every week so you can see like oh leaving a cd in a car is not like your typical magic and yet it shifted my sale yeah right and that's that's really what why we started this podcast and why we do the magic moment of the day so that you can see that like you're likely doing magic more than you even realize. Yes. And I think the more you start to notice that, the more you start to see the support that is all around you, the more empowered you feel to create a life you enjoy living rather than like being at the mercy of how life unfolds for you. Yes. And when you realize that you've already been doing it, there's no moment of, okay, I'm starting now because you already started six months ago. Yeah. When you're able to look with hindsight and see, oh, magic has actually been there the whole time. There's no longer this pressure to have this grand opening starting moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like the practice itself, the more you lean into like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to explore it, like lean into what's what your curiosity calls you towards. Then you start to develop develop this Mm self-trust, like this 
ability to connect with your intuition, to connect with the guidance that's within you. And I believe that your spiritual practice, your magical practice, whatever you want to call it, is a form of self-care. 100%. And what I mean by that is your magical practice should eliminate some stress from your life, not create more of it. Mm -hmm. So you don't need this big elaborate hoopla. You don't need to spend seven hours a week on it. Mm -hmm. It could be two minutes at a time that helps you feel like you have that that control over your response to what's happening in life or control over the direction that your life takes. Mm -hmm. On the vein of it being self-care, I think that there's an excellent comparison to your self-care routine, right? Like sometimes you plan a whole evening and you have a bubble bath and you make a homemade face mask and you turn your phone off for three hours and you read a book and you do, you have this whole luxurious, gorgeous routine And sometimes self-care is you go buy a $5 coffee on your way to work. Yep. And it's a little treat. Little treat. And, you know, little treat magic is where where the magic is. Like, that is the sweet spot (laughs) of making it feel the same way that a little treat does. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love little treat magic. Little treat magic. Put a trademark (laughs) on it. Put put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah, because truly, like, that's, you know, where where the change starts to happen. Mm-hmm. When you start to notice, like, oh, I'm really starting to worry about leaving that CD in my CD player. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, you're able to bring yourself back down and regulate and be like, you know what? No, I am in control of the way I feel about this. And mm-hmm. I am choosing to release it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think that creating that sort of culture around it in your life, that sort of little treat mindset is what then makes that luxurious, long-winded ritual with beautiful candles and gorgeous smelling oils and herbs. That's what makes that like fun and exciting Mm. and creating space to want to do that thing instead of setting it as your baseline Mm -hmm. of like, this is what magic is. Like, oh no, magic is all the way down here this is so much fun to do. It is so much fun to make it big and drawn out and beautiful. Yeah. And I think it like your magic practice can change. It can be seasonal. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean like with the seasons, though that is really fun to align your practice with the seasons. Yes. But it could be like there are seasons in your life where all you have time and energy for is little treat magic. Mm -hmm. And there are seasons of your life where all you want to do is big elaborate hoopla magic. Mm -hmm. And there are seasons in your life where you'll go back and forth. Yeah. And what those things look like looks different. I know for me, what I thought was little treat magic before is now like big hoopla magic to Mm -hmm. me now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And like... That may change in a few months, a few years, who knows? So having that flexibility, and again, that comes down to looking within rather than outside because Mm -hmm. your version of little treat magic might be bigger or smaller than what we consider little treat magic, and that is absolutely okay. Yes. I think if there is anything that I would encourage you to do after listening to this episode, it is define, first of all, create your own definition of magic. Yeah, we want to hear it. Yes, and please tell it to us. And then define your base level. What is your little treat magic? What is your big hoopla? <laughs> yeah. What sounds fun and exciting and delicious? Yes, yes. And if you need ideas, we're coming at you with more little treat magic next week. I believe we are talking about the 
low effort full moon rituals. Yes, I'm very excited for that one. <laughs> Lots of little treats and elaborate hooplas for you to explore. Yes. All right. I think that is everything from us on our definition of magic. Yeah. We would love to hear your definition of magic. If you found this helpful, go ahead and drop us a review and we will see you next week for some little treat full moon rituals. Yes, I cannot wait. Thank you for doing this with me, Molly. I love you. (laughs) Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. If you want to learn more about us, you can find all our links in the show notes. We'd love to know what you think of today's episode. So drop us a review or give us a shout out on social media. And don't forget to let us know your magical moment of the week. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.